0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Kato Arts, counsel at Lydian in Belgium. Along with bringing you updates and critical events happening around the world, we are also fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that practice on the ground in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help their local clients move through these difficult times. Today, we are visiting with one of our members in Hungary. Joining our program today is Esther Bahati, senior associate at Surha Hempel. The ELA has launched a series of webinars and podcasts about the European gig economy. Today, Esther will be updating us on the gig economy concept in Hungary. Welcome to the program, Esther.
1: How are you doing today? Hi Kato, I'm happy to be here and share some really
0: interesting information with you today. Great, I look forward to that. I was wondering, what is the gig economy and is there a legal definition in Hungary? Well, I suppose that
1: we should start with the definition of gig and gig economy separately. Gig as a more and more frequently heard term, apart from its original meaning, is used for a job for short term. There are different definitions for it, but on this basis, gig economy can be described as a kind of a system consisting of temporary jobs. It's not difficult to answer the question, who can fall under this category? These can be, for example, freelancers and contractors and so on. One of its commonly known forms, what I'd like to talk about is when gig job is about exchanging labor for money between organizations or individuals via digital platforms, as mentioned, on a short-term basis. So you can imagine that a wide variety of jobs, uh, tasks can be and to be carried out in this form. For example, let's think about writers or car sharing services, drivers. I assume that there is a good chance that the majority of the audience have already used such a service at least once.
0: Yeah, you're right. Gig economy is definitely on the rise. And as is the case in Belgium, there is not really a, a legal definition, but yeah, it just really relates to short term jobs which could be for skilled and non-skilled workers. So totally the same in Belgium. And what, according to you, are the pros and cons and maybe some related concerns to gig economy? Let me go with a more limited definition of the gig economy. I mean, the jobs performed
1: by the involvement of online platforms, because I mentioned that there are, there are different interpretations and definitions for gig economy as well. Not surprisingly, the digital platform economy is growing quickly and expected to have increasing significance and positive effects in the future, as something organically fitting into current trends and and being able, just to mention one aspect of its success story, creating much more easily accessible services and channels between the parties. Another factor having significant role in the spreading of such type of work is the more and more increasing need of flexibility and atypical work forms. However, even if gig work sounds good, its significance has a non-negligible effect and raises concerns among others from employment law perspective. According to the estimations, approximately 5 million of the people working through such platforms in the EU are to be considered as employees and not self-employed persons. Needless to say that it's a huge, huge amount of persons who could be otherwise considered as employees under the applicable law. Not mentioning now all of its effects, I rather want to share some so-provoking pros and cons in this respect. So let's start with the pros. I think that everybody who hears about the gig economy Would think first about or to the flexibility of this kind of work. However, on the other side, we should mention as well and keep in mind that some tasks and jobs, I mean, the nature of some tasks and jobs would not let these workers work when they would like to. So that could be another consequence which must be taken into account when someone would like to join this area and sector. Another pro could be is that it can help workers to earn supplementary income besides their regular wages and salaries that they earn at the, let's say, traditional place of works. And the last one, what I wanted to highlight and mention, is that by this means, workers can get a much easier access to the labor market and work. Because just let's think about the traditional hiring processes and so on. So it's time effective and it's easier to access these platforms. But at the same time, the economy raises questions about the protection of workers as well. Not mentioning now, for example, the customers on the other side. One of the major effects on workers who choose to perform their tasks in this form of work is that they cannot enjoy the protection under the otherwise applicable employment law. Also, It means that, for example, there are low pay rates, which are really, really common because of the lack of protection, what I mentioned. For example, if if you are thinking about the mandatory minimum wages and so on. Also, if someone would like to go through a traditional and common career development plan, it can be much harder by this means. Another effect... What should be highlighted and mentioned is that this kind of work, this kind of form of work transfers significant risk to the worker, needless to see what kind of forms this risk can take.
0: Yes, you're totally right, Esther. I think there are lots of pros and cons in relation to the concept. And of course, the cons really raise some concerns. And that's the same throughout Europe in Belgium as well and and the surrounding countries too. And I think that makes it a hot topic as well for legislators and also the European Union to look at this concept. So, do you know if there are any expected new rules affecting the whole concept?
1: Well, it's really interesting because it's just last week when the European Commission published a set of new measures related to the discussed topic. The set of measures, which have been long awaited, are aiming to improve the working conditions in platform work by ensuring entitlement to labour rights and social benefits to the workers. But at the same time, it's also to support the sustainable growth of digital labour platforms. The Commission's package includes a proposal for a directive as well. Just to mention one of the most important parts of the directive, it includes so-called control criteria, on the basis of which, in simple terms, it can be determined if a person working through a digital labour platform shall be considered as having employee status. Control means, in this respect, controlling the performance of work. I also wanted to mention that it's not new under the employment laws. So, for example, in Hungary also, there are rules how the labor authority can reclassify a relationship based on the actual and factual background, just assessing if it's a hidden employment or not. Provided that the digital labor platform has over the worker fulfills at least two of the mentioned control criteria in the directive, the platform is legally presumed to be an employer. Not surprisingly, guidance for determination of the existence of a hidden employment relationship shall be the facts relating to the actual background of the given relationship. Such a reclassification would mean that a worker is to be protected by labor and social rights, for example, minimum wage, as mentioned, right to paid leave, and so on. Of course, platforms will have the right to contest such a
0: reclassification, but the burden of proof would lie on the platform side. Yeah, thank you for for the brief summary of the proposal of the European Commission. It's very interesting, and I think a lot of new rules will gradually be adopted when we progress with this topic. and it's definitely a hot topic in entire European Union. It's been a really interesting discussion, Esther. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for the possibility to be here with you today, Kato. It was a pleasure. If you would like to connect with Esther, please click on her bio in the description of this podcast. If you would like to view the Gig Economy webinar on demand, you can find the registration link in the description of this podcast as well. Also, search the ELA website at ela.law, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Kato Aertz, and thanks for listening.